1: Hello everyone and happy Thursday. I hope all is well. A few of the Eagles players and coaches took to the podium to speak with the media on Thursday afternoon and it's locked, loaded, and ready for you. I'm your host, Rachel Prevett, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Before the break, you'll hear from Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, and Miles Sanders. And after the break, you'll hear from Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, Offensive coordinator Shane Steichen and special teams coordinator Michael Clay. Take a listen.
2: Hey Lane, what's up? Uh, uh, how are you? How are you? First, wanted to check in with you about the ankle, and also wanted to get your thoughts on the Eagles adding Ryan Kerrigan. You two have had sort of uh, some great matchups over the years. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, full goal in practice. I got cleared a couple of weeks ago, so uh, feeling good, um, looking good, and yeah, man, signing Kerrigan was a big attribute for us. I feel like adding, you know, guy who's uh, got the production he's had. You know, he's close to 100 career sacks. So um, obviously surprised that Washington let him go, but you know, having him on our side now is um, will do us a lot of good. I think um, you know late, later down the road in the season. Go ahead,
0: Mike, and then Dave Zangaro.
4: Hey, Lane. Uh, obviously, there's a new staff in place, but you guys kept Stout. How important was that to you personally and, and the offensive line to have that continuity?
3: It's huge. I mean, with Stout, you come in, he has, uh, you know, standard operating procedures with how he coaches stuff. So you get that ingrained in you, you know, after eight or nine years. So having him back is was huge. I think it's big for the younger guys coming back. We just with how he teaches and how he go, goes about his business. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody better in the business. So. You know, we got got the group back in town. Um, finished our first week, and and really had a, a great week out there um, for our first week back.
0: Even then, Jamie,
5: hey Lane, what's up? Um, what do you what do you know about Landon Dickerson so far?
3: <sighs> he's a big dude, man. I watched him a little bit. He's still uh, on he's fully cleared, but um, you know, watching him come off the ball, some stuff that he's able to do, he's, he's extremely explosive. Um and, and man, he's just a big dude, you know, six six, three, three thirty, three forty, so a big body. So man, he's gonna be a great player for us. Um hopefully sooner than later, but we'll see how his um, recovery is his rehab goes. But he he's looking really
0: good so far. Jamie and then Ed Kratz.
6: Helene. Um Last year wasn't the kind of year that you wanted and you were you were hurt a lot and that that's beyond your control. How much of a chip kind of on your shoulder do you have coming into this season, knowing that the year wasn't what you wanted, knowing people lost their jobs and knowing the way you guys performed and, and does that fuel you to want to be better?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, dealing with that ankle injury was wasn't good. Um but one thing I was proud of, I, mean, I still have one of the best uh pass blocking percentages in the league. So Knowing I was injured and still have to play at a high level gives me the confidence now that I have, um, you know, two legs. So I'll, I'll be a different animal this year. Um, you know, same way with Brandon coming back. And, uh, you know, excited to have him back with me um, this first week back with us. Um, no TAs. But, yeah, really, you know, last year wasn't wasn't a great year. And so, um, really, from everybody in this building, um, we have a lot to prove to the city, a lot to prove to ourselves. So we know where we stand. and 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 really, moving forward, we're – you know, we got that fire in our belly, and that's where we need to be.
6: Ed and the Martin.
3: Hey, Lane.
7: Uh, good to see you. Um, I just—you've uh, been through some coaching changes here in your career, Chip to Doug, mm-hmm. and now uh, to Nick. Is this any different than any of the previous ones? And what are your early impressions of uh, Sirianni mm-hmm. and his staff so far?
3: Man, I love it. I mean, uh, you know, one thing about him, man—he holds everybody accountable. So, you really, you go back through practices, he'll pull up guys that are maybe not executing well, maybe not hustling well. He'll call out veteran guys, you know, whoever. So I think that really sends a message to really everybody from the top down uh, in the organization. So it pushes older guys to get better. It pushes younger guys to get better, holding them accountable. But really uh, the first week, you know, it's a lot of, it's a new playbook, a lot of new terminology. So having these weeks right now is, is, you know, precious time for us so we can get that in before training camp hits and, and have some more time to kind of adapt. So, uh, we're in a good spot, had a great first week, and, and ready for the next two.
6: Martin and then EJ. Hey,
3: Lane. Um, good to see you again.
8: Um, how how was, um, you, you had the ankle surgery like last November, December, I want to say. You know, how long a process was it for you to fully recover from that? And like, what kind of things did you have to do? Um, and how difficult was it? And also, if you can kind of expound on, on having Brandon Brooks back next to you, how much that would mean to the offensive line. Thanks.
3: Yeah, um, the ankle, so I just got cleared uh, a couple weeks ago. So really, probably the greatest limiting factor is trying to get that range of motion back that you, um, you know, had previous surgery. You may not get it all the way back, but really focusing on the range of motion. But now, you know, I'm feeling normal running again. So um, really uh, seeing no issues with it. So um, not having to really think about it anymore like I was. Um, then having Brooks back, man, uh, I feel like we're both in a in a good place as far as with our bodies. I feel like we're, we're in a, a spot where we have a lot to prove, and, uh, you know, when you get in the 30s, you know, that's when people, that's when the doubt creeps in. Obviously, you know, that's when a lot of guys, you know, end of the road when they get, you know, mid-30s, upper-30s, so I feel a sense of urgency between the both of us to uh, go out there and, and really prove ourselves. You know, you're constantly proving yourself every year, year in, year out, so... Uh, that's where we're at. I mean, that's where Kelsey is. That's where everybody on the line is. Dillard, Mulata, Um, You know, we have a lot to prove because last year wasn't uh, where we needed to be, and uh, and we know that. And and really, it's all going to be about how we play and how we perform, and, and that's what we're focused on.
0: EJ hey, and Zach.
9: Hey, Lane. I wanted to ask you about some of the interior line guys. Um, you know, it seemed like this year, maybe a little bit more than others, um, some guards and centers. You know, were either prioritized in the draft or in free agency got big contracts. Um, have you noticed that trend in the league a little bit? And, you know, what do those guys do to help you out, you know, those interior guys?
3: Yeah. Well, I think if you saw in the Super Bowl, if you don't have a good line, you, you get it. I mean, it is what it is. You had to have a good line. You have, you win games in line of scrimmage, offense and defensive line. So you can have, never have enough depth. Um, you know, with you, you can see you see how injuries play a fact in, in seasons and, and it's the next guy mentality. I think you've seen that, you know, really with this team more than a lot of lot of people, but I mean, those guys in the middle, I mean, the guards are a different position to tackle. You, you have to face some big boys down there. So you have to have a lot of power, um, a lot of ability. And then, you know, the center in, in our system has to handle a lot on his plate, making calls, seeing different defenses, different blitzes. So you have to be a really uh, smart player, heads up. And, and really, that's what, you know, kind of the trend you're, you're looking for, guys that are smart, athletic, quick, make quick decisions, and guys that help the next guy next to them um, get better.
0: Zach and Damo.
3: Hey, Lane. Uh, from the outside looking in, the Eagles are a team in tra-
1: transition. New coach, new quarterback. It's – it's et cetera. Kind of broken, At the same time, kind of a lot of the one best – Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Great. Yeah, I was uh, – I, I, I would say from the outside looking in, the Eagles are a team in transition with a new coach, new quarterback. But at the same time, a lot of the best players like yourself are veterans in their – 30s. How do you, you the team's approach? Do you think it's a a win now approach?
3: Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely a win now. I mean, there, there is no excuses. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff happens in league. You get new coaches, new players, but the standard still remains the same. Um, You know, last year was really embarrassment for really everybody involved. And so, you know, that's been sitting with us and marinating all off season and, and really, you know, we, we do have a lot to prove. I have a lot to prove Um, and everybody coming back, we all, all have a lot to prove, but you know, one thing I've learned, you know, coming in, I've seen guys like J.P. when I came in, um, you know, he was in in his 30s, just had an Achilles injury, and, and I saw how he bounced back and how guys like that kind of paved, the, you know, the way whenever I was younger, and I'm trying to hopefully be that kind of example uh, for the younger guys now.
0: I had Damo and then Les.
3: Lane, I got on late, so I apologize if you've been asked this before,
9: but how important was it that they uh, retained staff?
3: It was huge. I mean, when when you think about when I think about coaches and the amount of time and the amount of effort somebody puts into their job, I can't imagine somebody being any better than him, Um just how he operates. And I think with how with, you know, guys, injuries or whatever, guys are out and new guys having to step up um, and you see young guys playing well. You know, you look at Nate Herbig last year, how he played. Um uh, Driscoll when they when their names are called Milada, and I feel like that's a testament because whenever you know we go in our meeting rooms, it doesn't matter if you're starting. He still expects you to to know your business, know your job. So whenever stuff like this does happen, you're not caught off guard. And really, that's you know that's been you know ever since I've been here. It's it's been the uh, the motto.
0: We'll take a few more here, so we'll go to Les, Jeff, and then Dave. Hey, lane
3: uh I too came on just
10: a little bit late, but I wanted you were talking about your injury, your ankle. And uh Landon Dickerson has had that tightrope surgery on both ankles. You were talking about range of motion and things like that. How do you see that for him? Is he gonna be able to, you know, have like he like his ankles would have been if he hadn't had that?
3: Yeah, his I mean his mobility really uh is really pretty good right now. I know they're holding him back just because he's, you know, just a few months out of, of surgery or whatever, but um, and he's he's running around. They're, they're having to pull back the reins on him, but as far as him, uh, you know, he's had tight ropes on both ankles, and really one thing he said, just the range of motion uh, has been difficult to kind of get back, but really, I don't see it limiting him too much, um, you know, with what he does. He's still powerful coming off the ball. He's, he's still big. He's still 6'6", 340, and can still move, so... Um, you know, it's one of those, one of those things you see guys, like I was talking about JP had Achilles, had knee surgeries. You just see guys bounce back. I think it's a lot easier maybe for the linemen because we're, you know, we're in a phone booth. We're playing in a five yard box. We're not having to run too much, maybe on a screen or something. So it's one position where you can kind of be resilient in. Thank you. All right.
0: Last two here with Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, Lane, uh. What are some of the distinctive features of the
11: new offense besides the new terminology? I mean, how would you describe it when when you read through it if you had, uh, you know, 50 or 100 words or so to describe it?
3: Yes, it's pretty balanced. I mean, a lot of similarities. um, I mean, basically a pro-style offense. So really a lot of different terminology, um, kind of same schemes, but uh, with a few new wrinkles in. um, Maybe a little bit more emphasis on the screen game uh, than the past offense. Um, so I'd probably say that still relatively new, still trying to learn everything, but really, you know, we like to start it off with a strong run game and feed off the play action and, and, and screen. So I feel like, um, you know, you see successful teams that those guys are doing that. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: Go ahead, Dave.
5: Elena, I apologize for finishing this off with a, an injury question, but, uh, the ankle has, it's been kind of going on since 2018. It's been a long time. Are you confident that it is completely behind you now, and you can get back to to not having to worry about it anymore?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think this week you go out and watch me move. I think I'm answering questions. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just one thing that kind of lingered, and I I never got it fixed. I just felt like it would heal, but uh, got it fixed. And like I was saying, I'm just now. I got cleared a couple of weeks ago, so I'm just now where I'm not really thinking about it anymore. I'm starting to play, and and uh, I mean, it's really all you can do. I'm just, you know, ready to go to training camp, get through that um, and then get ready for the games and just keep stacking, stacking days and stacking games.
11: Hey Futch, uh, you're now entering your thirties and uh, you're, you're you're basically far and away the highest paid player in the team. Do you, do you view this as as a new phase of your career? And, and how do you, how do you approach that um, as you enter that stage?
12: I'm not in my thirties. I'm only 30. So, Let's not make me older than what I am, <laughs> but uh, I mean, every year is a good opportunity for me. Uh, I just take it year by year, and uh, you know, always looking forward to compete. Um, you know, anytime I'm on the field and in practice, uh, individual, um, just doing anything, I always look forward to competing and you know, making sure that my body is ready to get ready for and to gear up for the next season.
0: Go ahead, Jamie, and then John McMullen.
6: let you've been through a couple of coaching changes already. Um, Jason Kelsey yesterday was talking about how when you get a new coach in, it kind of forces you to re-energize because you gotta lock in because there's all everything's new, new terminology. You know, what is the effect on you through all these different coaching changes? Is is that the case? Like are you guys feeling a new energy with Nick Siriani in the building and a whole new staff?
12: Yeah, absolutely you feel the feel the energy in the building, you know, always with a new coaching staff. But um <clears throat> I think my biggest thing for me is, you know, every new coach that 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 I've been, you know, that's that that's Oh, coaching change has been, you know, here in this organization since I've been here. The first thing I wanted to do is make sure that I connect, especially with, with the head coach, you know, connect to him, connect with him. Then connect with the position coach and, you know, connect with the, def- the D coordinator. Then just really just get to know everybody. All the new coaches that's in the building. You want to connect with those guys because, you know, hey, look, we're here. We're all together now. We're a family now. We're a team. And uh, we're going to go do some ups and downs. So let's go ahead and get this connection going right now. And I think that's the most important part to me is getting a connection with the new coaching staff.
0: John and then Rob Motti.
2: Hey Fletch, uh, and sort of piggybacking off that connection, you got some young guys in the in the D tackle room now with uh, Milton and Marlin. Curious your first impressions, and also your cousins here, Kenny, uh, Kenny Gainwell. So, uh, yeah, how excited I mean, is that?
12: It's always good to have, you know, good young talent in the room, you know, new guys coming in the room, you know, you know, guys obviously when they see the vets come in, they're all, you know, somewhat get shocked sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, we're all pros now, you know, we're all in the same locker room. Uh, and the, the first impression of those guys, they're they just out there working, you know, they're trying to learn and, you know, now they they have their rookie mini camp and had a couple of days on the fields with the vets and just trying to get up the pace on, you know what what working hard really means. You know what it is, what it looks like. You know what it's like to be, you know, in a room. You know, full of uh, with, with some veterans in the room. Uh, and you know, it's it's great to have Ken here because you know it's just like having a little brother here now. Uh, you know, I get to kind of show him and just a, a bunch of the young guys, all the young guys, just really just grab them and just kind of show them, you know, just how to be a pro. And, you know, the things that it takes to at this level just to, to play at the highest level.
0: Robin and Zach.
12: Hey, Fletch, you've been part of a worst to first with this team
13: in the past. Do you see any similarities? I know it's early in the process, but do you see any similarities between those teams and this one?
12: No, I mean, the, the, the goal is now is, you know, I mean, well, obviously right now we're allowed in the building. Um, and this time last year we weren't. Um, so, you know, now we get to really connect with all the younger guys now, all the new free agents that, that's been brought in. You know, we get to connect with those guys in person now and not, you know, just on the um, video screen. Um, and that's, that's great. That's part of becoming a team. That's part of becoming one. And uh, I, th- I know everybody's excited about that. So just got to take advantage of those, the, these opportunities that we're able to have that we didn't have last year. Um, so we're just making the best of it right now as we can and keep going day by day.
0: Go ahead, Zach, and then Ed. Hey, Fletcher,
1: you've been in the uh, same defensive scheme for the past five years and really emphasized penetrating for you. Um, How is that either the same or different now going forward and, and, and what's kind of expected of you?
12: Just you know just they basically just you know the same thing just be disruptive. Uh, I think that's all you know that some coaches women just go out and be disruptive and you know just play what style of defense I'm used to playing uh you know just being disruptive and you know just uh making sure everybody around me is making plays also and I'm looking forward to that uh we got a lot of guys in the room now we added some some good talent in the room uh um so i'm I'm, I'm excited about that and I'm you know looking forward to it for sure once we get into camp. then less.
7: Hey, Fletch, um, I remember you saying one at one point that when you first came in the league, Trent Cole, I think it was, kind of taught you how to take care of your body and how important that was because, you know, you're 22 years old, you think you're invincible. Uh, how much do you relish now kind of passing that lesson down to, you know, some of these younger guys that you're around now, like Milton and uh, Marlon?
12: Well, just really just, you know, just explaining to those guys is how important it is uh, – just to take care of your body because you take care of your body to take care of you um and that's one thing i've i've known and always lived by since i've been in the league uh so just really just, tr- just trying to show those guys and you know hey here's the steps of taking care of your body you know use you, you know when the coaches say slow down you slow down you know because they know what they're doing and they want to teach you and i want to teach them hey when the coach say you know kind of back down back down you know you don't have to put your body through so much stress and you know all the different positions but To those guys, man, right now, it's just for them, I think it's just learning the playbook and just kind of, you know, just really diving into everything that's going on, because I know their mind is like racing a thousand mile an hour right now. And, uh, you know, and just looking forward to, you know, again, going into camp with those younger guys and just really teaching them just how to be a pro again.
0: Go ahead, Les and then D. Hey, Fletch.
12: So your mandate
10: remains to be disruptive, um, but... Overall, the scheme of Jonathan Gannon, how how would you characterize it? What would you say about it? What will people see that will be different?
12: I think uh, the coaches do a great job of, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, we're playing, uh, you know, team defense. uh, And that's the thing I'm really looking forward to. Team defense is the biggest thing, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Go ahead, Dave, and then Martin.
5: Hey, Fletch, you mentioned or you were talking about your cousin, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I know he's significantly younger than you. What was it like kind of, I guess, watching from afar while you were in college, him coming up in high school and, and, and becoming the player he was?
12: You say that again now? Uh,
5: watching your cousin, Kenny Gamble. I know you're older than him, so you're probably away at college when he started to to excel in athletics. But were you able to kind of follow his career?
12: No, Yo, absolutely. You know, I knew he was a special player. Uh, you know, even in high school, he was a special player. In junior high, he was a special player. And uh, you know, I always knew he'd be a special player. And for him to uh, to be in the position that he's in right now was, you know, to be in the NFL and drafted. I mean, obviously, from you know, from a real small town, I mean, right down the road. So it's really a blessing to see younger guys and people that's from that community um, excel to the next level because that means you know other kids are it means that there's always a chance that, you know, other younger high school players and college players from that area has a chance and you don't have to always, you know, say, well, what if, you know, now it's Kenny's in, Kenny's in it, you know, he's in the, uh, he's in the league. Now he's in the NFL, he's a pro, you know, so, you know, he's a pro. And you know, now you got kids that's looking up to him now that want to be like Kenny Gainwood. Go ahead, Martin. Let's say, um,
0: so,
8: I mean, are people in, y Yazoo City pretty excited about him I mean obviously with you and him you know both being on Eagles fans are they all becoming like Eagles fans I mean if they weren't already and and also if you can kind of just um describe a little bit like you know the defensive tackle rotation now with you and you and Javon and Milton you know coming on board and Hassan returning too thanks
12: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, people from the hometown is starting to see a trend. I mean, not only is me, you know, Kenny and I, but it's Alexander Hollins, a kid that went to my same high school that's, you know, he's with the Browns right now playing receiver. So it's really just a trend. And and everybody from that town is just excited for all three of us. You know, it started, you know, back a long time ago with, you know, with Willie Brown, Hall of Famer, you know. Now it's – then it just trickles down. You know, the younger generation, you guys, you know, getting a chance to play in the NFL from a small town. And just the whole community, the whole city, everybody is just so excited for – you know, not only, you know, me, but also for, you know, for Ali B and for, for Kenny, you know, those those are two guys that's in this younger generation that's coming into the league. Um, but, you know, just the D-line rotation, I couldn't tell you how, how it would be right now. You know, we, you know, we really haven't gotten into, haven't did a lot of team stuff, uh, you know, going against the offense. So we don't know how that rotation will be, but I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, the D-line rotation has always been good here since I've been here. And I think that that'll continue. Thanks. I'll take
13: two
0: more questions here from Bo and Jeff.
10: Uh, hey, Fletch,
7: what are your uh, what are your opinions and, and impressions of Jonathan Gannon so far?
12: I mean, great. You know, great. Like I said, man, just it's uh just getting to that that communication level and connecting with him. And I think he's doing a really good job of connecting with, you know, every player on the roster. Uh, he goes and talk to, you know, everybody, you know, you see him in every uh, every position group individual, you know, that same energy with everybody. So we're all excited about it. And we know he'll do a really good job uh, uh, of, of, of coaching his football team.
11: Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Fletcher uh, Tracy Rocker is your uh, fourth D line coach in the last six years. What are some of the distinctive uh, characteristics that he brings as a coach, and and you know, what are your impressions uh, early on him?
12: I mean, just every D line coach I've had, Coach hard, you know, from Jim Washburn to you know, Coach Coach Az to Chris Wilson to Phillip Daniels to uh, <laughs> Matt Burke. I mean, every D line coach is coaches hard, and that's what D linemen like. They like to be coached hard. You know, they. You know, I think we thrive off being coached hard and, you know, hard on ourselves also. So that's the thing that Tracy's, you know, he's already off to a good start with that, you know, coaching everybody hard no matter who it is. So uh, we're all excited about it. We're all excited about this year and uh, we're looking forward to it.
13: Hey, Miles, how are you? Uh, We were talking to Lane Johnson and he mentioned how the new offense seems to be similar to the old one. A lot of balance, but there's an emphasis on the screen and setting up the pass with play action are you seeing that and how exciting is it if if you're going to be involved more in the screen game and potentially setting up the pass with play action means running the ball more
14: right right yeah uh he he said it all um i i love actually the whole game plan uh it's very similar to everything we did last year uh um just terminology's different in different schemes and, and concepts and stuff like that but uh as far as over, just overall i i love the the whole offense the way it's being taught to us everybody everybody's learning the offense co- coaches too and that's what's so cool about this this uh, moment like this whole situation right now like everybody is literally learning the offense together and then I think that's a plus for us because we all learn it together we'll play together you know I think we'll play together well uh, once we all learn it and uh, just yeah as far as the coaches too uh, I love the coaches I love Sing- uh, Coach Singleton Again, to know him more and uh, being around him more, he not just he's not like Deuce, but he, his energy's through the roof. Though his energy's definitely through the roof. Uh, uh, Coach Sirianni, uh, thing I love about him is that he's very family orientated, and I can tell uh, that that means a lot to him. Uh, you know, he's trying to just get to know the players first before all all this football stuff. Really, uh, he came up to me yesterday and surprised me. With my high school slogan, I didn't even know anybody knew that. So, <laughs> and that was pretty cool to me. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: go ahead, Jeff, and then John McMullen.
14: Hey, Miles, as a rookie,
11: you had uh, one of the better receiving uh, years, uh, you know, averaging over 10 yards a catch. And and last year, I guess for various reasons, there, there was there was some regression. Um, do you feel like this offense will allow you to kind of get those numbers back to where they were? and And what are some of the things that you feel like uh you had to work on to improve in that area?
14: Um, I believe uh you know I'm gonna say uh there's a lot of stuff that I took from last year that I'm taking into this year as far as like anything that I could correct- gotta correct. I know uh me catching a ball wasn't uh as good as I was my rookie year, like you just mentioned um even my run discipline um where my eyes are supposed to be at and even pass pro, I got to sharpen up on pass pro so there's always stuff I could say to hold my whole game I I really look forward to getting better each and every year so to make me the player that I want to be and um as far as what was the second part of your question
11: I just wanted to know if the offense you know we, we talked about the screen game uh being emphasized in this offense. And we knew that you guys really struggled in that regard. Do you feel like just looking at the the scheme, that there will be ways to improve upon, you know, uh, the receiving?
14: Oh yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the screens will definitely allow, allow the backs and and, and slots uh, to, you know, get more opportunities with the ball in our hands, you know, Um, where they're emphasizing that a lot too, uh, as far as the play actions we have, like the playbook is about this big, so. <laughs> but a lot of different stuff to set up everything and everything marinates with each other. So that's why I love that offense so much. And it's it's slowly, everybody's slowly uh, getting, getting it right and just memorizing everything and getting all the terminology down. I feel like once we get this this offense ready to go, I think we'll be very, very, very solid. Very solid. That's before training came. John and then Dave
0: Zangaro.
2: Hey, Miles. Uh, first, what what is that high school slogan you mentioned? And then I was curious, your first impressions on, on Kenny Gainwell and On Johnson as sort of the new guys joining the room. Gotcha.
14: Uh, well, the slogan goes by W, like a W, double O, D-Y, Woody High. I went to Willing Hills High School in Pittsburgh, PA, and – Willen Hills High School is and we shortened it with Woody High. So that was our slogan. So and he came up to me just like that. I'm like, yo, how do you know that? <laughs> but um uh, uh Kenny, I like Kenny. I love Kenny actually. Uh I love him. He he he's reminds me of me. He comes in and he don't say too much. You know, every rookie don't really say too much, but he he's uh, doing the right approach, I feel like uh, just keeping his head down and just want to learn, uh, get better, uh, paying attention, nonstop writing notes, nonstop. Uh, just, just whoever I, I told him, whoever you think um, is that guy to you, or you feel like that can give you the best advice, or just showing you something different that you want to co- copycat, or you know, just grind off of his ground. Like you know, you see somebody that you look up to and you want to just do everything he do. Stick to that, and they're not going to lead you wrong, you know. Uh, he, even, he even told me something that blew my mind. You know, I, I told him I'm still starstruck when I see certain certain players. Like, I'm starstruck seeing Joe Flacco. He don't know. He might know if he see this, but I'm a little starstruck looking at Joe Flacco. And he's like, I was starstruck, same thing with you. I'm like, it's crazy. Thank you. I appreciate that. But stuff like that keeps me humble. But um, Kenny, he... he He's going to bring a lot, a lot of different. I think everybody in the running back room brings something different, you know, and it's only going to make us better. And I love that. I love that about us. We got a stack room too. carry on. He's going to bring something different and going to help us in a better way too. all of us can bring something different to the table. And if we have a chance, we're going to produce.
0: Hey, Evan and Bo. Hey, Myles,
5: I know you got really close with Deuce Staley over the last couple of years. Uh, how difficult is it to, to have to say goodbye to him and, and kind of start fresh with a new coach?
14: Uh, it's definitely difficult. I'll be lying if I say it wasn't. But, um, you know, it's a business. Uh, that's exactly what he would say. Honestly, he didn't want to leave either. I'm pretty sure he'd tell you guys he didn't want to leave here either. But, you know, uh, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But I wish him nothing but the best. And I know he's going through his thing regardless and he has another good running back over there that he's teaching too. So, and he's, he loves teaching and that's what I love about him.
0: Go ahead, Bo and then Martin.
15: Hey Miles. And so you said your, your new position coach uh, reminds you a little bit of Deuce, but, but he's not quite Deuce. Uh, so in what ways
14: is he different? And in what ways does he remind you of Deuce? So it's just added, mm-mm, how to, <laughs> I'm telling y'all Deuce is Deuce. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, if, only if y'all would be in those meeting rooms, y'all would know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, I don't know. I say Deuce is more goofier. You know, you know Deuce loves, he has all the jokes. But uh, Coach Singleton, he has some jokes, but, you know, his, his energy amps up when he's on the field. Like, his energy's always up. Deuce has energy, but only when he's mad. <laughs> only when he's mad.
15: It feels like this coaching staff, as a whole has a lot of energy is that something yeah. like compared to other coaching staffs who've been around is that fair to say
14: no absolutely they they there's they show it every day even in meetings like uh, the way we start meetings the way we do meetings you know have us doing competition and stuff uh before we started coming here it's just you know it, they're making sure everybody's locked in and committed in and like, it's, i it's i like it i really do like it i like what we got going on right now i think if we keep going we're going we be able to do something special, we got to take it slow.
0: Martin and then EJ.
14: Hey,
8: Miles, how you doing? Um, good. How are you? So you guys are going into like this full off season with, with Jalen Hurts, presumably as the quarterback. And, you know, you saw him obviously for the last four and a half games last year. And you guys had that, both of you guys had that big running game against new Orleans, like how dynamic can, can the offense be with him at, at quarterback, and how dangerous does that make the running attack going into this season?
14: Um, I say this. Uh, with with man with the O-line we have, with Jalen, and the backs we have, and the receiving core that we have, I think anything's possible. Uh, I just want to keep it very team-orientated because that's, that's what I really want to set the tone at for the season. Um, you you guys can tell I don't really like answering questions about myself. I, I always bring it to my teammates anyways, but that's what really matters. And you can see that with what we got going on right now. And I'm going to keep saying that I love what we have going on. And uh, I'm pretty sure everybody can say the same, but uh, I think if all of us, stick in and and, and and lock in together I think anything's possible I think last year is last year that's in the rearview mirror uh, we had a chance to still make the playoffs with the record we had came up short but all we remember is that we didn't make the playoffs so and that's gonna make a whole bunch of whole bunch of players in Philly hungry and I think that's dangerous go
0: ahead EJ and then Zach
9: Hey Miles, we'll get to talk to Shane Steichen in a couple of hours. What can you tell me about him? What's it been like working with him over the last few months? Oh,
14: that's my guy. Out of all, that's my guy right there. I ain't gonna lie. He he has probably the most energy out of everybody. You know, he he runs the meetings and everything. Uh, but he's a cool dude. Uh, I love everything. I love I love everything about this coaching staff. Honestly, I, I'm I, I'm excited. Very excited. I like what they bring to the table. I like how they're going about everything. I like how they They don't just care about X's and O's. They're, you know, like I said, they're asking us, trying to get to know us, actually, and stuff like that. So,
0: Go ahead, Zach, and then Ed.
1: Hey, Miles, two quick questions for you. First off, you said you're you're starstruck by Joe Flacco. As a Steelers fan growing up, what was your opinion of Flacco when you were a teenager? And then the second question is, is, uh, you were banged up at times throughout last year was that just the luck of the draw or are you doing anything different with your body this offseason
14: um well yeah um i'm gonna start the second question uh um yeah i think a main thing i'm really focused on is playing all 17 games now you know uh i i don't i don't like missing games and Four games was way too many, and especially for them being about, I think, like two or three divisional games. Uh, that's not, don't sit right with me. And um, I don't go out there if I physically can't go out there. So, but uh, I did do a lot of stuff different with my body. You know, I started focusing on conditioning a lot more, like in the beginning of training, just to have my legs ready and, you know, just have that, that good in shape feel with your legs and your body and stuff. And I just, just been taking it from there and I, I my body feels great. And uh yeah, growing up as a Stills fan, I I definitely know Joe Flacco very well. You know, he he didn't give me headaches, made me cry a couple times. Um, but he don't really know that. <laughs> I just he just know, you know what I'm saying? Like he, I'm a, I'm a fan, you know, he's a that's a Super Bowl quarterback, and uh I look forward to stuff like that, you know.
0: Hey, right, we'll take a couple more here. So let's go to Ed, Jamie, and Chris.
14: Hey, Miles.
7: Um you mentioned the 17 games. I mean, what every position in the NFL takes its toll on the body, especially a running back who gets hit just about every play. I mean, what what's your view on the on the 17 game schedule this year and beyond this year?
14: Mm. want well, no, Wanna my honest opinion? Yeah. yeah. More games, more yards. But we'll just keep it that simple. I mean, I can't do nothing about the extra game. We have to play it. So, <laughs> more games, more yours. <laughs> That's how I look at it.
6: Go ahead, Jamie, uh, Miles, what's it like uh, around the building now with Jalen? Kind of knowing he's the guy. How different is it from him being around as rookie last year under Carson? How different are things with him knowing he's the leader? He's gonna be the guy, the go-to guy.
14: Um, you know, everybody's. Everybody pretty much knows he's the guy. I think that's the difference. Um everybody knows and and you know is satisfied with that. And you know I I just like how he he's he's just trying to, you know, get everybody involved. You know, he's he's the quarterback for a reason. So some some quarterbacks might just focus on offensive players. Some quarterbacks might just focus on, you know, like no one even think about defense or special teams. When, I, when I'm walking with him through the hallway, he's saying, what's up to everybody, dapping everybody up, you know? Uh, he got his, everybody's phone number. Um, just, just really taking that strong approach to being that guy and uh, I respect him for that. All
0: right, last question
6: here from Chris Murray.
14: Yeah, my question to you, um, you had a lot of games last year
10: where you racked up a lot of yards and then they kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, went away from you what do you what, what do you expect to see in you, as your role this year in the offense with the new coaching staff I mean if you, if, I know you probably asked this question earlier but I was just wondering how do you see your role with this new coaching staff
14: I see my role doing whatever I can to get a W each game to make the playoffs and the Super Bowl win the division first
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better. To know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at Intel.com slash starts.
15: Hey
4: Jonathan, thanks for doing this. Um, when you Absolutely. with inheriting this roster, um, having worked under so many different coordinators, how what type of approach did you want to take with this roster? Focus more on talent or or focus on specific scheme angles, et cetera. And then also with your scouting background, how much input did you have on on, on the draft picks, especially those day three uh, selections?
9: Yeah, so getting here, I think I was most excited about the people that they had in place. Um, we feel like it's a very talented defense and that's a good job by Howie and his his personnel staff to get some good people in here. So when the coaches got here, it was, you know, we evaluated the people on the roster and then targeted people that we wanted to look to add uh, in free agency and in obviously in the draft. So just super excited to work with the guys that are here right now. Uh, this, the scouting background that I had, it, it helped me to learn how to evaluate players. And we know that you, when you evaluate players, you want to try to have a very specific vision for what they're going to be doing. And I think we've done a good job with that.
5: Go ahead, Rob, and then Dave Zingaro.
13: Hey, Jonathan, good to meet you. Uh, when you, the familiarity that you have with Nick, how much does that help you in your transition with a new team? And when we look at the Eagles secondary, last year they played a, a lot of man coverage. You guys played a lot of zone in Indy. Should we expect that to be something that's a staple of your defenses? And how do you feel about adapting your system to your players' strengths?
9: yeah, super excited to work for Nick. Uh, we worked together for three years in Indy, and uh, I've learned a lot of ball from him. And I always thought that he would be a really good head coach just because how he sees the game, how passionate he is, how he gets the players to play at a higher level than typically what they've had that they've done. Um, as far as the man and zone thing, you know our you know that that's going to be predicated by who we have and who we're playing. So I believe in playing different styles of defense. Uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat, I think. And uh, we're going to figure out, and, and we haven't done it yet because we've only had a couple a week here or so with the players. But once we get into training camp, we're really going to evaluate, hey, what can our guys do? That's the first part of it. And then from there, who are we playing and what do we have to stop?
5: Go ahead, Dave, and then Bo Wolf. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Uh, do you prefer us to call you Jonathan or John?
9: Uh, I like Jonathan, but you can call me JG. If you call me John, the wife might, eh, I don't want to get on the fence. We'll go so with, we'll go with you go, Just call me JG, man. Guys come in, they say, hey, Coach Gannon, Coach Gannon. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop calling me Coach. Just call me JG.
5: Okay, got it. Uh, as you're becoming a first-time defensive coordinator, is this something you've obviously you've thought about this before, Have you thought about exactly, you mentioned the players will kind of dictate scheme, but along the way, what are some things you picked up that you always thought, if I have my own defense, these are the things I want to implement?
9: Yeah, I was a defensive GA at the University of Louisville in 2006 and I started thinking about that. Um, And knowing that I wasn't ready at that time (laughs) to be a defensive coordinator. But I think as you go along the way and, and have my career went, Um, I've worked under a lot of really good people. I feel I've learned a lot of different things. And, um, so you just kind of piece that together as you go along. And, and the main thing though, when I got here, I didn't drop a book on the table and say, Hey, this is what we're running. So, and if you actually asked the head coach, you know, when we first talked about this, when he interviewed me, it was, Hey, what, you know, what scheme are you going to run? And I said, I don't have a scheme. You know, and, and, I, and I believe, Dave, that you have to be adaptable. Um, but the first thing is, is we got to figure out what our players can do, and then we got to put them in those situations as much as possible to utilize their strengths. Um, you know, the, the main thing for us is it's not what we play, it's how we play. And if you asked our, our players that, I think they know that from the jump as far as we're going to run to the ball, we're going to out-hit people, we're going to take it away and we're going to be smart. And that's that those four things, hustle, intensity, take away smart. The acronym for that is the HITS principle. And that's what we're going to hold our hat on. So, you know, everyone runs the same stuff for the most part. It's not what you do. It's how you do it. And I think the players have done a really good job of, of absorbing that and seeing the standard that we want from them and can't wait to get out on the grass in August and, and and show people.
5: Go ahead, Bo, and then John McMullen.
15: Hey, Jonathan, nice to meet you. Um,
9: hey, I have Bo, two
7: uh, two follow-ups to what you just said, uh, if you don't mind. One, who was the, uh, along that journey, who was the most influential to you in terms of the way that you view uh, defense and, and coaching defense? And then, two, everybody wants to take the ball away. How do you teach
4: taking the ball away?
9: Yeah, so uh, my first guy that I worked for in the NFL when I was defensive quality control in Atlanta was Mike Zimmer, was a coordinator in Atlanta. And then kind of went our separate way and then got back with him in Minnesota. So off the top of my head, Coach Zimmer was a huge influence on, on me. And he was a DB guy to start by trade. Um, so that was pretty cool. Obviously in Indy, um, a complete different system under Matt Eberflus. And I feel like he really helped me Fill in some gaps as far as like what do you, what you guys ask like what do you want your defense to look like, and when you turn on the tape like what do you want to see, what do what does the owner want to see, what does the head coach want to see, a la the hits principle, and learned a different different style to play from different from Coach Zimmer. Um, You know, Emmett Thomas, I was under him for a year. Jerry Gray, I was under for multiple years. Two guys that have played secondary at a very high level in the NFL. And that was eye opening to me to say, hey, like, yeah, I believe in this technique for corners, but it's not one size fits all. So every player that you have is different. And it's our job to say, hey, this is what works for you. You can do that. I'm not, you know, we're not, our staff is, that's what I love about our staff. We're not hard headed. It's my way or the highway. That is not what this is about. It's about serving the players and getting them to hit their ceiling. Why? Because it's the best thing for the team and the defense, point blank. So we're going to do every, we we take that mentality with everything that we do. So if we're going to walk up and press, well, this guy might not do the same thing that another guy does. Or if we're going to play off, well, this guy might play a little bit different than this other guy. So I think it's all about arming our players, seeing what they do, arming with them tools to put in their toolbox to be successful. We'll
5: go to John McMullen and then Les Bowen. Hey,
2: I'm going to go JG with you, coach. There Uh, you go, John. There
9: you go. I love you already.
2: Uh, Um, want to talk about Mike a little bit in Minnesota. And you mentioned it's not what you do, how you do it, but he is kind of known for a couple of things, like sugaring the A gaps and putting the linebackers and crowd in the center. Are there a couple things you sort of have to build out from to have as a base philosophy as a defensive coach in this league?
9: Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, d- with with what Coach Zim did was that was his way to uh, put pressure on the offense, some of those looks that you just said. And he had a whole package off of it, but that package was based on the players that we had at the time. So are we going to do some of that? Yeah, probably. We'll probably do some of that be- if if it fits to our what our players can do and what is good versus the team that we're playing. Um You know, he has Coach Zimmer has a very specific vision of how he wants to play defense. And I agree with a lot of that vision, not to say that we're going to be exactly what Mike Zimmer was, because I feel like there's a lot of other good things that I've learned throughout the years that complement actually what Zims does. So um, that would that would be my answer to that. Just, you know, that's probably part of our package, but we're not going to box ourselves into one scheme.
5: Go ahead, Les, and then John Clark. Hi, Captain or What do
10: you prefer? Um, you had a chance, I'm sure, to watch film of last year's Eagles defense. Uh, I know you're going to be doing different things, and you're going to, you know, work with the personnel you have, and so forth. But was there anything there, as far as emphasis on this or that position that you saw that will be different from what you want to do? In terms of what positions you prioritize, in you know having uh, you know uh, premier players.
9: Well, well, I would say this. I mean, there. You know, I'm a huge fan of Coach Schwartz, and obviously, he's done this job at a very high level for a long time, uh, and he has his way of playing, which I agree with a lot of that um as far as you know prioritizing positions one or the other you need all 11 like i prioritize those you know the, the drill that a lot of people do is hey rank the positions from 1 to 11 mm-hmm. and i just was never comfortable with that exercise because they're all important and you know to say that well we don't this in, this position is a little more important than another position yeah until that guy that you have at a lower ranking is not playing real well and see how good the other guys play. So we feel like they're all 11 are very equal. Now, obviously you go, you'd you'd like some, some rushers and some coverage players. Um, Those typically, you know, the style of defense that we're going to play, you'd like to have those guys, but all 11 are very equally important. And with saying that not just the 11 on the field, the 11 or so backups, because we, we feel like everybody has a certain skill set and they can bring something to the table. Um, so, you know, I'm not a big, hey, these 11 just play every down. I want everybody that has a jersey that
10: that game to play. Will you want uh, a defensive line rotation, a strict rotation, or will you have like the first four in almost all the snaps?
9: No, I, I, you know, I think with the hustle part of the hits principle, one of those things is we're going to ask these guys to play extremely hard, which they did last year. It was, it was, I think, you know, Philly's defense last year was probably in the top five as when I look at the tape, as far as effort, I felt like Indy, we were in the top five as well Uh, to do that. Those big guys, you have to rotate them. So everybody that's up on game day, we feel like we want all those guys to play. You never wanted, you know, three or four guys to be at 65 snaps and then two or three guys at 10 snaps. And I really learned that from Coach Eberflus. Like he wanted, he would say, get the horses fresh. So he wanted those guys that were up. He wanted them rotated. He wanted them fresh. And depending on certain situations, you're going to have some certain guys in there because you're utilizing their strengths. But who's ever up on game day is going to play. Thank you. Don and then Zach Berman. Hey, Jonathan. Good to talk with you. You too. Uh,
11: Ryan Kerrigan says he chose to come to play for the Eagles because of your scheme. Uh, Maybe that was one of the top couple things. So why is it your scheme will really fit Ryan? And uh, he says he was really recruited by you guys. How much did you want to get Ryan here?
9: I wanted to get Ryan here a lot. Uh, And the number one reason is the person that he is. So You know, we have a very good, strong locker room of really good character guys, I feel. And um, the pieces that we added, him being one of those pieces, the first thing that, you know, Nick and I talked about with Howie was we want to bring really high character guys in here, whoever that be, whether it be draft picks or coaches or free agents So that was appealing to us about Ryan because of the type of person he is. Um, I guess I recruited him a little bit maybe (laughs) at dinner. It was probably more the head coach. But um, super excited, the the versatility that he brings and the production that he brings. I mean, he's got, what, 95, 96, 97 sacks, I think, in his career. Um, You know, he's a hard guy to block. He's extremely intelligent. And so it, I'm looking forward to to getting our hands on him and working with him.
5: Thank you. Go ahead, Zach, and then Tim McManus. Hey,
1: Jonathan, nice to meet you virtually here. Uh, you, you too. Uh, and, and now you mentioned being a grad assistant at Louisville in uh, 2006. If I can take you back, what was your path to get into coaching after that hip injury? What was the inflection point in climbing the ladder? And it sounded like you had some options this off season. What made you choose Philly for the first defensive coordinator job?
9: Yeah, so um, I played as a freshman at University of Louisville, dislocated, broke my hip, hip replacement, tried to play, couldn't play. So the head coach at the time was Bobby Petrino. And he says, have you ever thought about coaching? And the answer I gave him was, yeah, high school football in Cleveland, Ohio, St. Ignatius, after I played 10 years in the pros. And he goes, he laughed. He said, well, you're not gonna do that anymore. I said, yeah, okay, good, thanks for stating the obvious says so why don't you start student assisting, graduate, and if you're if if you're good enough, I'll hire you as the defensive GA. So that's what I did. So that's kind of how I got into uh, coaching was that's that's the path I went. And then as soon as I graduated he made me the defensive GA and my my uh, path was probably not normal to starting to climb the ladder. Uh, because after one year being a GA, he took the head job with the Atlanta Falcons and brought me with him. So I was into the NFL at 24 and up until that point, all my goals and my mind was, Hey, I'm going to, you know, be, uh, ascend the ladder in college. And I didn't even really know what a quality control was. And within a week, like I said, I was, I was with Mike Zimmer and Emmett Thomas and Joe Witt Jr. And, uh, I said, I never want to go back to college. Like, this is the, like, most best thing of all time. So that's uh, – and what was the second part of the question?
1: The second part was what made you choose Philly? Because it sounded like you had some options this offseason as far as where to go. It's Philadelphia.
9: <laughs> that's why. So <laughs> that, was, that was a huge reason. <laughs> uh, why I chose Philadelphia was Mr. Lurie, Howie Roseman, and Nick Sirianni. That's why I chose here. And my wife loves a good East Coast city. Thank you. We'll go to Tim and then Martin Frank.
11: Hey, Jonathan, uh, the defensive line over the last handful of years under Schwartz was, you know, largely pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, you know, play the, play the run on the way to the QB, uh, kind of light on, on blitzing schematically. Uh, is it safe to say that you're going to your defensive linemen are going to be a little bit more read and react? And um, you know, how do you envision you know, the amount that you're going to be uh, heating people up with the blitz?
9: Well, uh, again, I got to see them how they how we can play in August. So I think we got to get on the grass with them first and, and see what they can do. If certain guys can't, you know, play in that jet style, then we're not going to ask them to play that way. If certain guys can really play the way that we want to play, playing that jet style, then we're going to let them do that. Um, I do think it's, it is a blend of those those things on the, at the defensive line. Um, I do know this. Our defensive line is very strong, in my opinion. Uh, we have two really good defensive line coaches in Tracy Rocker and Jeremiah Washburn, and we're going to, you know, let those guys be free and play. We feel like that's a that's that's typically a strength that you have over any offense that you go up against is the defensive line versus the offensive line, and I told those guys in the meetings I said, hey, there's going to be sometimes you're going to have to take some stress on, um, you know, because to take some stress off of the back end, so it's it's always a blend of rush and cover, cover and rush, how you play the run. How, what you're doing with the you know the seventh defender in the back seven? Are you accounting them in the box? Are you playing them deep? So we'll just we'll, we'll I'm excited to figure that out with our guys. Hey, like, what is the best way to defend the team that we're playing? And which guys kind of do one or the other better and put them in those spots?
8: Go ahead, Martin, and then Jeff McLean. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, nice meeting you. Obviously. Um, I couldn't help but notice that there are quite a few guys on the roster from your time with the Vikings, um, and specifically, I was wanting to ask you about Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris. Just kind of how you see those guys fitting into your defense and what you want to accomplish.
9: Yeah, so I have a relationship with both players. Um, you know, when we sat down with person, with the, with Howie and and the head coach. We talked about some certain positions that we kind of wanted to, to go out and, and fill to create depth and, and um, competition, honestly. And um, both of those guys, like Ryan, are super high character guys, and they're both very intelligent. Um, so that was appealing to me when those guys became available to add those guys to the, to the groups that we had. Uh, Eric will start in, he can, he can play all three spots, but for us, we're going to start him at Mike and will and see where it goes. And we think he's a good complement to the people that we have already on the roster. Go ahead, Jeff. And then Ed Kratz. Uh, Nice to meet you, Jonathan. Uh, A lot of,
11: uh, of what we know about uh, Mike Zimmer's defense, obviously, uh, schematic, but, uh, but also he's, he's done a very good job of disguising coverages, uh, so I, I want to understand a little more about how you go about uh, teaching that and your your approach to to coaching guys up, uh, because we know how important that is with with the with quarterbacks. So many quarterbacks now their ability to diagnose a defense pre-snap.
9: Yeah, excellent question. Um, with Zim, you, you, he would tell you, give the players a lot of credit. And what I mean by that is, is he would say, Hey, like we're playing this coverage, but I don't want to have to spend a lot of time on the disguise portion and Harrison Smith and Andrew Sandejo and Anthony Harris and Anthony Barr and uh, Eric Kendricks, they would get in a meeting together and say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. And then they would present it to Zim and he would say, great. Uh, there were some looks that Zim wanted certain things pre-snap to affect the quarterback in his mind so we'll do some of those things and we will also let guys disguise on their own um, we think that's important to give them some freedom before the ball is snapped uh, because they're in between the white lines not us so and our disguise package will be a blend of allowing guys to roam free and then there's going to be specific times that we want things to look a certain way pre-snap. Uh, you know, just to follow up with that question too, my answer as I'm thinking about it, you know, you, you, everyone talks about well, you want to pressure the quarterback, pressure the quarterback. Well, in my opinion, one of those ways is pre-snap not post-snap. So what you do is you, you want to make sure that quarterback offensive coordinators and quarterbacks right now are really, I feel like ahead of where they were when I first got into the business as far as knowing where to go with the ball immediately or reading coverages or getting there to each progression where they need to get to with the ball. And you just want to put a little bit of seed of doubt in that quarterback's mind. You know, do I have that guy or do I not? So i um, super excited because, you know, the, the defense that we have right now, a lot of smart guys, and that's a, it's a huge thing.
14: We have
5: time for a few more, so we'll wrap up with Ed, Brandon, and then Nick. Hey, Jonathan,
7: uh, nice to meet you. Um, I just want—I'm curious. Uh, you, you've done a lot of work uh, with defensive backs, uh, you know, in your past, and I'm wondering if there's any uh, particular trait that you look for in your corners or in your safeties, um, any skill set, and then also the team looks very young on the outside at cornerback. Um, Aside from Darius Slay, I mean, are you comfortable with you know the the, uh, the lack of experience at that position at this point in time?
9: Yeah, I would say the first trait that we look for in the back end is is smart. So we want guys to be able to think. Um, obviously, we want some with the outside guys' coverability, and you know, you mentioned my. Kind of my expertise is that position in the back end. And again, like I learned this from people as I got groomed coming up in the profession is there's a lot of different ways to play corner a lot within within the same scheme. There's a lot of different ways for guys to function out there and play winning football. So that goes into figuring out what our guys can do and then how can we help them and, and play a certain way. Uh, I'm very comfortable with that room right now. Denard Wilson, DK McDonald are doing an excellent job. They're two really good DB coaches. I've learned a ton from those guys in the last four months. It's been awesome. Um, So very comfortable with that room, excited to see them get out and compete. Um, I think Slay can go to another level. I think the guys, everybody in that room can elevate their game and uh, play winning football for us. Go ahead, Brandon. I and uh, hey, let, G- me, G- let me let me let me let me follow that up real quick. Sorry, to cut you off, Brandon. I love the all youth. Right. I love the youth because it's like you can mold them how you want to mold them. So you know, when I got to Indy, we had a bunch of young guys. It was awesome. It it makes the job super fun because certain guys, certain vets, not all of them, but certain vets, kind of stuck in their ways. Hey, I want to play this way. Well, if that's not the best thing for the defense, we don't want you to play that way. So. I think for our guys, they've done a really good job of understanding the why behind what we're doing, you know, to help those guys play. And um, it's been it's we've only been three days on the grass, but in the meetings, it's been a really cool thing to see those guys. You know, when you show them on tape, like here's how we can play this way, we can play this way. And it creates a lot of enthusiasm and and confidence with your guys.
16: Uh, So a lot was made about when the Eagles uh, drafted Milton Williams about Tom Donahoe didn't necessarily look the most thrilled about that pick, but uh, the Eagles released a clip of you specifically, um, and you looked like you were super fired up when the Eagles drafted Milton Williams, I think you were like, like fist pumping and everything so so what had you so jacked uh, about that pick,
9: I was super fired up about all the picks. And all the free agents, I get, I get, I get fired up when we add people to the to the room. Uh, Milton, I was super fired up because a his football character is through the roof. B he is uh, plays with a very high motor for the D line position. You guys will hear me talk about throughout the year motor and mean, and you know we want guys that play really really hard and they're really really mean, and he fit that that description, and he's and he's very smart. He's very smart. So, you know, he just understands blocking schemes, you know, where the back set, rush lanes. He's just talking to him. um, And I sat in on his interview when we interviewed him. Tracy and and Wash ran the interview and I sat in on it. We we closed it. and It was over. And I said, man, that dude is smart, like gets it, just gets it. And he's got a very intense way about him, which I love. And that shows up on tape. So I was extremely excited to get Milton. Wrap it up here with Nick.
15: Hi, JG. Nice to finally meet you. Um, you too, I, I want to go back to your uh, statement about, um, you know, letting the guys kind of disguise on their own. Um, what kind of uh, trust factor needs to be, you know, I guess established there for that? And um, you, know, you have a lot of young guys on the defense, but do you think that by the time you get to the, uh, to the start of the season, you're going to have guys that, that, can, that can do stuff like that?
9: Yeah, I, I definitely think with four weeks of practice, we'll get there. Uh, is is you know with with that question Nick it just goes back to they have to understand where they fit within the call and from there that we give them a little flexibility to move around pre-snap um, now when we first line up and play we won't do that uh, but as we get going I see it going that way because I, I truly do think that's it's hard for the offense and it's it's good for our guys because it gives them It allows them to use some of their tools in their tool belt. Um, I can tell you right now, just from being in meetings with these guys, like I've been extremely pleased with uh, the mindset of our guys. Uh, You know, all of them were here this whole week. So we had, you know, the, the attendance or whatever. I'm not counting numbers, but they're all there and uh when they don't have to be which is awesome it speaks to the character of the of the team and the defense and i told them today i said you know I, i'm thankful for you guys being here because you know the best part about our job is the players so it's uh it was it was really cool this week and we got and i'm looking forward to the next two weeks of what we can get done before we come back here at the end of july
2: hey shane nice to meet you um you virtually obviously yeah uh, just kind of can you talk to us about your offensive philosophy and uh, particularly Jalen Hurts. And and when you look at the quarterback position, uh, he does certain things well and how you would tailor your offense to what he does best. Yeah, John, that's a good question.
17: I, I think with any, with any when you go into a new situation, new team, uh, you got to find out about your players. You really do. Uh, and I think that's a you go through that process. Uh, through virtually, but then when you really get them on the grass like we have in the last couple days and see their movements and their skills and see what these guys do well, you want to put them in position uh, to make plays. And I think through time, through these next couple weeks, and into training camp, that offense is going to be molded, and we're going to tailor that to these players. Um, And Jalen's done a nice job. Obviously, this last couple days we've had him on the grass, uh, but he's done a really nice job throughout this process, especially on the Zoom. Uh, He works at it. He does a lot of good things on the on the grass, like I said, and then obviously he brings a good skill set uh, that you can do some multiple things with him. So we're excited about him. And
4: hey, Bo Wolf and then Rob Maddy. Hey, Shane. Nice to meet you. Um, Me too. Obviously, you have known uh, Nick Sirianni for a long time. What were your what were your first impressions
17: of him when, when you first met him and how have you seen him grow uh, grow along uh, along the way? Yeah, I, my, my first impression, I, I came back, I was in Cleveland, and then I came back to San Diego. I started in San Diego, I was in Cleveland, and came back with him. And right off the, right off the bat, the first couple of days I was, I was with him, you could just tell this guy loves football. Like, he's obsessed with football. And, and that really attracted me towards him. Because uh, when we were in meetings, we started talking, it was like, oh, yeah, th- this guy knows ball. And uh, he's got a lot of passion for what he does uh, and, and to get a chance to come back and work with him again, after a couple of years, is very exciting. And uh, to see what he's been as a head coach these last couple of months, uh, he, he has definitely grown. And uh, I think he's going to do a hell of a job for this organization and this team.
4: Rob Madian and then Mike Kay.
13: Hey, Shane, Lane Johnson spoke earlier about the screen game being a little bit more emphasized in the offensive system and the play action setting up the pass. How important are both of those principles in your offense?
17: Yeah, I think they're important. They're definitely important. I mean, anytime you can get the ball to the quarterback's hands quickly and create explosive plays in the screen game, that's big. And then, obviously, the plashing game is big, too. Uh, and I think when you go into games, you know, things are going to be different week in and week out. You know, it's your opponent, who you're playing, How do what do they do on defense, what are the coverage techniques, what's the fronts they're playing. So your scheme each week can be multiple by who you're playing. Mike
4: Kaye and then Jeff McClain. Hey, Shane, um, wanted to ask you how much of a learning lesson was last year for you being in that offensive coordinator job for the first time. And and what maybe would you kind of change about your approach, uh, this year, as opposed to when you came in last year?
17: Yeah, I, uh, last year was great. Obviously the first time doing it, um, you know, you're a position coach for a while. And then, you know, the year before I did it for the last eight games and then, you know, took over, uh, you know, full-time last year, um, but it, it was it was a really good experience. I, I think you learn a lot. I mean, there's a, it's a it's different. It's a different deal. But you got to be you got to be on it day in and day out because there's a lot you got to you know you have the team now. You know you're not just one position. You know you got to everybody else is involved in it. You got a staff. Um, you got you got to deal with a lot. And I think if if you can handle that the right way with the right people and be a good person within that and you're building that scheme with those guys um, and then you make it a group effort because it's not just one guy. It takes everybody to do it. Uh, and everyone's got to be on the same page, and you got to have a detailed plan day in and day out, and a great structure for what you want to get accomplished throughout the week, and then going into Sundays.
4: Hey, Jeff McLean, and then Dave Zangaro, Shane. You, uh, you uh, your background is
11: well, almost specifically quarterbacks, uh, more so than Nick. So I, I'm not sure that means that you'll spend more time with Jalen and, and the other quarterbacks, but. Uh, what is your philosophy and how you handle the quarterbacks in terms of their demeanor and personality? Do you are you a hard are, are you a hard on them? Do you love them up? Uh, what is your approach?
17: Uh, I think you got to be honest with them. Uh, you got to be honest with them, but also uh, you got to love them up when they do well, and then you got to you got to correct them when they don't do it well um Obviously, playing the position as well, I've been there. So you, they got to be who they are. You can't change who they are, personality-wise. These guys are who they are, and you got to adapt to that. And then you can you can teach them and grow with them in their personalities. But I, I think you got to be let them be who they are, and then let them go play.
5: Dave Zangaro and then Martin Frank. Hi Shane, nice to meet you. Uh,
4: you
10: too.
5: In terms of offensive philosophy, what are some similarities you share with Nick Sirianni, and what are some differences? in terms of building this offense?
17: Yeah, I, I think we, we were in the same system, terminology-wise, obviously, um, for a while. Um, and then he went to Andy, and the, the terminology has been very similar. There's tweaks here and there because it's been a few years. Um, but philosophy-wise, I mean, we, we see the games very similar. I mean, we have little tidbits here that I've learned the last couple of years and that he's done the last couple of years. And then right now, we're just meshing all that together, and we're going to make it the best possible to put our players in position, like I said.
4: Martin
8: Frank and then Chris Murray. Hey Shane, nice meeting you. Um, Me too. I wanted to ask when we were talking to Miles earlier, he said, you know, the screen game is a pretty big part of, of your offensive philosophy. And, and I was just kind of wondering what you see from Miles in, in that regard from looking at film and also, you know, adding guys like Carry On and, and Kenny Gainwell, like, you know, your philosophy on, on the uh, off uh, running back room in general.
17: Yeah, it's it's a really good room. Uh, Excited about that whole uh, all those all those guys that group. Um, Our running back coach Jamal has done a heck of a job with those guys so far. Uh, So really excited, like I said, to get them on the grass like we're doing right now. And we've seen their skill sets on film, but to see it in person, you know, and then let them compete because this everyone's competing. Coach preaches competition. We're all about competition here. So all those guys are going to get reps, uh, and we're going to use them, like I said, in their to their best of their abilities. Uh, week in and week out and put them in position uh, to make plays.
4: Chris Murray and then Zach Berman.
10: First of all, Coach, welcome to uh, Philadelphia. My question for you is that you had a chance to see people on film. What are your thoughts of um, watching Jalen Hurts in the four games that he played in the late season last year?
17: Yeah, he he did a nice job. I know he only played four games, but he did some good things, made some plays out of the pocket, some big scramble plays, used his feet. Um, He's an athletic guy that can make plays, uh, so – we're looking forward to working with
1: him. Hey, Zach, and then Ed Kratz. Hey, Shane, nice to meet you. Uh, if you think back to your time at UNLV, at what point did you, I guess, did you realize that you weren't going to be a a, a, a player and you would go into coaching? And what was the key for you in working your way up the coaching ladder? Um,
17: yeah, I, I, uh, I always kind of wanted to coach. Um, I, I was around a lot of good coaches uh, growing up. My high school coach, uh, was awesome. Uh, understood football, scheme in it, all that stuff. And then when I got into college, again, I went. I had a couple different coordinators, but all of them loved football and uh, learned a ton from those guys. And I think it was probably more about my freshman year, sophomore year. I wasn't very good at times. So I, I figured, <laughs> I'm probably not going to the NFL. So let's get the coaching hat on uh, and, and start rolling. So I, I really enjoyed the scheme part of it, being in meetings and doing all that. Um, That was terrific. And then right from there, when I graduated, I went into a graduate assistant role there uh, at UNLV and then went on to Louisville and then got in the NFL.
4: Ed Kratz and then Brandon
7: Lee Gowton. Hey Shane. uh, Nice to meet you. Um, I just, a lot of the Eagles struggles last year, I think had to do with the offensive line and the injuries, but you're getting, you know, these guys back. It's a veteran line. I'm sure you've seen them from afar uh what's your take on this line and and even the young guys you got some time last year having watched them on tape now what's your
17: what's your view on that these guys up front i'll tell you what now when we got when i got here and i started watching tape of these guys and i was watching the skill guys at times but my eyes would go to the offensive line i mean jason kelsey these guys i mean these guys lane and all these i mean these guys are freaking awesome football players uh we're excited about this group jeff statlin And Roy, they do a hell of a job with those guys. Uh, We're super excited about this offensive line, getting these guys back in. And even just being out there with them, just watching these guys communicate. You can see how tight they are and how well they've worked together over the last friggin' whatever it's been, eight, ten years together. I mean, these guys,
16: this is a good group. I mean, this is one of the best in the NFL, no doubt about it.
4: Okay, Brandon and then Chris Franklin.
16: Hey, Shane, uh, the Chargers were ninth and first down run frequency last season. Uh, Can we expect an emphasis on running the ball a lot early here in Philly? And then what do you like about this running back room as well?
17: Yeah, I I think by game plan, uh, you go into games and you adjust and adapt to what defenses are giving you. So some games you go into it saying this is a philosophy we're going to use this week. And other times you you veer off from that and do do different
4: things. Um, And then that's pretty much it. I see two more hands here so we'll go Chris Franklin then EJ Smith.
18: Hey Shane uh, you have a lot of young wide receivers in this room now and some of them are going to their second year how do you guys make sure you try to make the offense digestible and make sure they have success in this
3: upcoming season?
17: Yeah I I think that's that's us on coaches we got to develop these guys uh, week in and week out and Aaron Moorhead uh, so far has done a heck of a job with these wide receivers Um, so we're we're looking forward to working with the young guys and, and getting them reps and getting them involved in the new system and really honing in on the details and the fundamentals and the technique of the position uh, to make them successful. And I think if we can do that with them, they're going to become good players.
4: Hey, Wanda well, here with EJ. Hey,
9: Shane, kind of big, piggybacking off of that, I wanted to ask you about Jalen Rager and um, Devontae Smith. You know, what did you see from Jalen last year? And um, as far as Devonte in the pre-draft process, what did you like about him?
17: Yeah, Jalen Rager is an explosive football player. Uh, obviously, he showed up on film, had some big punt returns, had some big catches. But his explosiveness and his ability to catch and get yak, um, it, it, it's it's awesome. So super excited to work with him. Um, he's going to be a good player. And then I think uh, Devontae, when you watch Devontae coming out, I mean, this guy, his his first step off the line of scrimmage and his smoothness coming in and out of breaks, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, the guy had three games, I want to say, over 200 yards receiving. Um, and I, the touchdowns, I want to say, it was over the 20s. I mean, he won the Heisman for a reason. This guy is a a talented football player uh, that we look forward to working
15: with. Hi, Michael. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, we were just uh, talking to uh, you know to Shane and Jonathan, and uh, they, what they were saying is what, what everybody's kind of going through right now is you're just trying to – in a phase right now where you're trying to figure out what you have, um, and then go from there. Uh, I imagine it's it's got to be more difficult for special teams coaches because you're, you're oftentimes dealing with, uh, you know, the bottom end of the roster. And you don't know if guys are going to be there from week to week um, uh, so much as, as the guys that are, you know, that are locked in. Uh, but but just as far as what you have now, what you've seen now, uh, what, do you, what do you feel like you have now with some of these guys? and What have you been able to observe?
18: Uh, to answer your question, I think this past week, what has really shown is the energy. From the guys that came through, um, dealing with special teams a lot. You there's you have to deal with a whole bunch of different things, injuries, stuff like that. So this being you know kind of virtual, kind of pseudo virtual, pseudo in person, I think it, it really just falls in line with what special teams really is. But the first week, I mean, guys were, were flying around. They were receptive. They've been awesome over the virtual meetings, answering questions that I've asked, and they've really uh, taken you know really taken a foot to Getting out there and just you know, really getting that that exciting energy, which we're all uh, very
16: excited about.
9: Go ahead, Brandon, and then John McMullen.
16: Uh, hey, Michael, uh, I just wanted to ask you about some of these guys that you're really excited to work with here uh, on your unit, and maybe some of the the veterans specifically on the special teams unit that you might be looking to lean on uh, to lead this group.
18: Um, uh, completely honestly, I'm going to lean on on everyone, uh, regardless of rookies, veteran guys. Um, obviously, there are there some guys that really stand out in the DB room and in the linebacker room who you may lean on a little bit more. Um, but I think it's going to be a collective effort from the entire group, from the wide receivers down to the running backs, down to the old linemen on field goals. So it's not going to be just, you know, one group. It's going to be the entire team, which I think everyone's really uh, looking forward to that and, and uh, getting some, uh, some positive energy coming from the special teams room.
2: Go ahead, John, and then Mike Ted. Hey, Michael, welcome back. Uh, And I wanted to talk to you about what's going on around the league and the fact that, um, you know, everybody's going through it, but there's no traditional mini camp. And as a new coaching staff coming in, trying to implement a system, how much more difficult does that make it for you? And then secondly, just hearing your thoughts on your specialist and, Particularly uh, the punter, Aaron Sipas, who hasn't kicked in the league
18: before. Uh, To answer your first question, you know, everyone's going through the same thing. You know, all 32 teams. um, Some have guys coming in a little bit more, some guys don't. But I think in the special teams world, it almost becomes uh, you just rely on your fundamentals and your basics, which you're going to rely on when it comes to the regular season more than anything else. Uh, if If we're able to put in a good foundation the next couple of weeks, then reiterate it in uh training camp and get those preseason jitters out. I think it's going to fall into the right spot come regular season. Um as for the specialists, the the first 3 days with them has been outstanding. Um we were able to finally see them live and they all have lively legs, they're energetic young guys that 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 are hungry. Um especially Aaron. Um you know, he was kind of dealt the the bad hand with with the COVID and everything, but from whatever I've heard about him has been positive and, and he's just reinforced it this past week, working with Jake, working with Rick, and uh, being able to take in a couple reps on rookie minicamp just so we all could see him. And uh, I'm very excited to, to get to work with him and as the, and the other two.
8: Go ahead, Mike, and then Les Bowen.
4: Hey, Michael, welcome back. Uh, I wanted to ask Thank you, you um, how, how important was Setting the foundation for your coaching style, uh, your first time around in Philly. How, how important was that time here when you first got to Philly and, and kind of grew under Chip's staff before going to San Francisco? And then also, I uh, you were mic'd up um, on the website, I guess during practice, and you had an analogy about a TV screen about being too far back or too. Where did you get that from?
18: Um, uh, to, to answer, I, my first time here in Philadelphia was a blessing. Um, you know. I grew up being a defensive guy. I played special teams in in college and everything, but being able to work under Dave Phipp during those runs really helped me grow as a coach and especially fall in love with the special teams world, Um, especially going back to San Francisco, working under Darius Swinton and uh, Richard Hightower and working with Stan Kwan, who's been coaching for 30 years. I think that whole foundation of how Dave really got to connect with players and get them to play as hard as possible. I I was able to transcend that in and keep that going for my five years in San Francisco under two different coordinators. Nothing changed, regardless of the record. It's all about the energy you put in. And if these guys trust you, they're going to give the energy no matter what. Um, And as for the analogy, uh, you got to connect with everyone. Like not everyone speaks the same language. I'm a fan of soccer. The guy next to me may not be a fan of soccer, but I think I think all of us could say, you know, our parents would say, hey, get back from the TV if you can't see the whole thing. So that's the whole analogy was you can't see the whole screen if you're two inches away. If you were to back up 10 feet, you could probably see the whole screen and see everything else right there. So it's just connecting in different ways where maybe this clicks for them to to catch that uh, reference I'm going after.
10: Les and then Bo. Hey, Michael. I uh, two questions, really. First, what do you want your your units to be known for what do you want their identity to be and also you spent a lot of time with chip kelly as a player and a coach what did you take from chip what's what's his influence on you ben
18: um to answer your first question in terms of the the unit i want is something that is not forced energy it's it's an energetic group that they love doing what they have to do not you know everyone gets under the the notion oh you play special teams you know, it's not be good that's completely false i mean i think all you guys would say hey if you hear matt slater you're like that's a damn good uh special teams player he's going to change the game and that's the special teams can change the game regardless it could be a zero zero bad weather and there could be a block punt a, a return where it's going to change the game so i think having that that true energy and that true confidence that like hey this play could change it i think is what this group really wants." um and in terms of coach kelly i mean i owe shoot i owe the world to him right now because he gave me my first gig as a as a young, young young guy getting out of college you know going with the dolphins getting cut then you know him extending uh an olive branch out and saying hey do you want to come coach um what i learned from him is just you got to be on the details but you also got to believe in yourself uh more than anything else i think when chip was really rolling he was believing in himself and everything he thought of and everything he he said, he believed. And I think to get everybody else to do that, they got to, they got to buy in as well. So the whole from him in college playing for him for four years and under coaching with him for three years, you know, just believing in it, I think was the biggest thing with chip.
4: you. Oh, and then Dave Zingaro. Hey Mike. Um,
15: a lot of guys on this coaching staff already knew each other um, before, before they got here. So what has it, and, and then that, I don't think that was the case for you. So what has it been like over these last couple of months, getting to know the rest of the coaching staff and, and sort of building that camaraderie?
18: Uh, it's been awesome. Um, I think in the coaching world, you're not going to know everyone, but you get to build these relationships uh, with new guys. I was, I've was i been fortunate enough to be around different staffs and um, everyone I've been around here in this building has been fantastic. Uh, Jeff Stalin I worked with a couple of years in the first time. So having – Familiar faces with him, TJ Pagnetti, who uh who coached me at Oregon, and um and Joe Panunzio, who I worked with for a year, I think the familiarity really helped settle any of the nerves. But everybody else has been fantastic, from Coach Siriani down to, to to JG to Shane. Like, once you get in the building, we all know we're gonna ride or die together. And once we get that sense of confidence, like, conversations turn up easily right now. And, you know, you get all these connections, like Amo. He was at Stanford when I was a player at Oregon, and we could connect through that way, like they beat us on an alleged catch by Zach Ertz. But you get to talk about that, and, you know, it just builds camaraderie uh, within the within the staff.
5: Go ahead, Dave, and then Zach Berman. Hey, Michael. You are obviously a defensive player, and when you got into coaching, I'm sure you didn't envision yourself um, – becoming a special teams coordinator at what point did you start to really enjoy coaching special teams and what do you like about it now
18: uh to be honest with you I've always liked special teams uh I was a long snapper freshman year of college that's how I got my uh, my seat on the bus um but then I want to say probably halfway through my first year here as a defensive quality control uh there had been uh a coach had to do something family issued and I, I took over a drill for him and just having that, you know, teaching that stuff to them and having Coach Phipp kind of eyeball it and help me get through all that stuff, then with special teams, you get to work with everyone. You know, you can't really say that when you're a position coach unless you're a coordinator. I I work with from quarterbacks to O-line, D-line, then you almost have a a full sense of the whole team. I mean, you see faces um, come in, come out, but I think that's the whole true love of special teams. You work with everyone. And you try to get them better regardless of what they do. They could be a one-phase guy, but you could give them the sense of confidence that, like, dang, I'm a I'm a pretty good one-phase guy and I'm gonna help this team this team win.
1: Zach and then Martin. Hey Michael, nice to see you again. Um, if 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 you think back to when you were here or I I guess when you started coaching, um, where did you want to be by the time you were 30? Was was that something you ever thought about that that like a, a path you were on by 30 years old? And then also Nick Sirianni spoke about the interview you had. Um, What about that interview do you think really resonated with Nick?
18: Uh, You know, it's a very good question. I think in 2018 or something like that, I thought, you know, to myself, I had been coaching, you know, five, six years, special teams. And I kind of wrote on my board like, hey, if you get an interview at 30, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Just for your coordinator, not even being a coordinator, uh, just getting an interview, I'm like, that'd be pretty, that's pretty I feel attainable Goal, And luckily enough, you know, by 30, 29, I was able to actually get an interview and, you know, sell it and, and do a good job with it um, in terms of being hired as a special teams coordinator. So I, I thought, you know, just writing that goal for myself and trying to attain it, I think it worked out then. Um, with Coach Siriani, I think the football IQ and just recollection of a lot of special teams things really resonated with him. Um, obviously, as you know, we, I had never met Nick until the interview. Um, so, you know, going through the whole process with everyone and sitting in there, um, I think my recollection and I think the organization that I had, that I learned from Darius, from FIP, from, uh, Hightower really, you know, was a, was a sticking out point. Like, all right, this guy may be ready for it. Then, you know, the, the, the follow-up interview of of plays and recognizing it. and And I give all the credit to, the guys I learned from more than anything else is just being on top of it. Uh, Regardless, you know, pulling out plays like, oh, I know what this play is going to be and just being confident and knowing, you know, I'm going to tell him what this play is before the play starts. And I think that really caught Nick's eye um, to help, you know, push myself over the top there.
15: Go ahead,
5: Martin, and then Rob Matty.
8: Michael, uh, nice, nice meeting you. Um, so when you were here the first time, I mean, obviously you worked with uh, Darren Sproles, um, you know, in special teams and everything. And, and I'm not asking you to compare any of these guys with Sproles, obviously, but um, what kind of potential do you see in guys like Jalen Rager, or maybe even Devontae Smith? Um, and how can coaching Sproles kind of like help you relating to these guys or whoever else might be kicking part returners? Thanks.
18: I mean, just to start it off, I think Sproles was teaching me more than anything else when I first got in the, in the league. Uh, but I still text with Darren, uh, and he, you know, just get his, his pick his brain. I mean, he's one of the best punt returner, kick returners in the NFL history. So to pick his brain is great. Uh, and in terms of Jalen and, and Devonte, the, their college film is very dynamic and it's very fluid. Um, so being able to work with them is. is is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity to, to help myself grow and, you know, hopefully get them you know, a couple touches if that's in the game plan or not. Um, but I think they're very dynamic athletes, special athletes. I mean, both of them are, are way better athletes than, you know, I can say for myself or anyone else. So it's very, it's, it's optimistic to get to work with these guys, these young cats that, that can change a game if given the opportunity.
11: We'll wrap it up with Rob, Chris, and Les.
13: Hey, Michael. Following up on Devontae and Jalen in a return game, uh, how do you make that determination whether or not you get to use them, and what is your philosophy on first-round picks and potential starters being used as returners?
18: Uh, I think it's a, it's you know it's a full-on communication between myself, Coach Sirianni, and everybody else in terms of you know what what the game plan is going into that week or anything like that. Um, in terms of their first round, you know, we had Brandon Ayuk last year and we were able to use him uh, in different situations. But I think it's also one of those things where if we're on the same page and, you know, it's like a basketball player, you know, you want to you get to the free throw, free throw line to see one go in. If we want to get him a touch to get him going, that's a conversation we could have more than anything else. But I think having those guys at your disposal is one of the greater things because it makes everyone, you know, have to – Really, game plan. Like, all right, what are we going to do if those two guys or one of those guys is really back there?
10: Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you have been one of the best. I mean, your your units in San Francisco have been among the best in terms of starting field position. What's your general? uh, What's what's been the key to your success at having you know um, good specialty teams with this uh, during your time as coach? Welcome to Philadelphia, by the way.
18: Thank you. Um, I think it's more of uh, one. The penalty aspect, you know, if you're a very clean unit, it's not going to hurt you in in the long run. And, you know, playing special teams, you know, I'm a big believer that field position is going to help you win games. And I think that was a big part of 2019 in San Francisco where we had uh, the starting position point was the 32-yard line. I believe that. Um, I think that and, you know, not pressing more than anything else. You know, you, you may not get a return two, three games in a row. You don't have to be, you know, hey, be 10 yards back in the end zone, still play within the play. And sometimes you'll, you're will you going to get that opportunity. And when that opportunity strikes, I think with all of our preparation from now until, you know, September, it's going to pop where one of those plays goes from a, a 25-yard return to hopefully a, a 75-yard return or a score. But I think it's just playing within yourself and not doing too much is really going to help in terms of our field position uh, going forward.
10: Go ahead, Les. Hey, Michael. One more thing. Uh, Since you brought up your illustrious long snapping career, uh, Chip said that was one of the first things that impressed him about you is that you stepped in your first game as a freshman and long snapped. And he gave me the impression, we didn't have a long conversation, but he gave me the impression that this was sort of unexpected. Uh, Can you kind of flesh that out for me? How did you come to long snap? Did you do it all year that year? Uh,
18: uh so my dad was a high school coach forever at mount pleasant high school in san jose and uh the head coach there uh clancy o'hara uh he and i i would always go friday night games you know very typical day go hang out with my dad uh he just told me hey you should start long snapping for fun so i i just kind of did it as a young kid then i did it in high school uh i was actually the punter then our long snapper got hurt so i'm like all right i got long snap and they're not going to hit me so I could go make more plays, so I'm all for it. Um, then freshman year, I mean, you're, you're trying to make the bust, you know, as a true freshman more than anything else. First, I was, I was recruited as a linebacker. I just was able to long snap on the side. Um, but, I, I mean, I remember vividly that first game of at Boise State, first college game, scared, and it was the best long snap of my life. Um, but in terms of that, it was just being prepared more than anything else going through the summer uh, two-a-days, being prepared and just relying on my techniques and and, and my coaches, Coach Osborne, is like, hey, just snap it back. there. don't even think. And I think that's the biggest thing. When you don't think, shoot, that's probably one of the best. It's like me on the golf course. If I don't think about my drive, it'll probably go straight. If I think too much, look out on the left. Um, But I think it's just all comes down to preparation. Regardless if you're a long snapper, kicker, you know, a right gunner, I think the preparation is going to help you succeed no matter what. So did you do it all year, or was that the only game? I I did. I did do it all year. Uh, My freshman year, I only did long snaps. I uh, didn't do the short snaps. Then I rotated in as a reserve linebacker. So um, you kind of rolled the dice as a reserve linebacker and playing long snapper um, at the college level. But luckily, uh, Drew Howell came in my sophomore year, and I could focus on linebacker more than anything else. But I still could do it a little bit, um, but you're not going to get any protection out of me. This college scheme would have been perfect for me this year.
14: P-G-N.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new. To know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com starts.